Welcome to Astrology and Stuff, the podcast where we try to talk about serious subjects without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm your hostess and sacred clown, Sampriti. Thank you for being here. Ah, welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you if you are a patron for supporting the show or if you have left a review, thank you for supporting the show or if you've shared it on your socials, thank you for supporting the show. All of those things are um, opportunities to help support this show if you like it and if you're here, I hope you like it. Um, but yeah, we have a Patreon page over at Patreon. Um, it's just search for Astrology and Stuff Podcast and you'll find us. Um, there's two options to uh, to support. The $3 a month option um, gets you just the, the nice wholehearted feeling, warm and fuzzy feeling of having supported um, something that you believe in. The $5 a month option gets you your weekly transit talk. I just recorded this week's transit talk just a couple of minutes ago, and it was a whole hour nearly. It was like 53 minutes long. Um, So yeah, you're basically getting a bonus episode each and every week, and it's specific to the astrology of that week. And uh, you know me, I can't help but go deep. So um, I, I find them really really helpful, not just to hear, but to share. Uh, So if that interests you, head on over to Patreon and join the family. And if you do not want to take that option, but you still would like to support the show, please uh, rate and review us. Uh, Five stars would be absolutely excellent. And you'll be able to make this show readily available for other listeners who are looking for it. Uh, you can also share it on socials. Just tag me at Sam Preeti Life. Um, you can find me on Instagram there as well. All right, friends. So this is Retrogrades Part Duh. And the first episode of the Retrogrades, this Retrogrades mini-series, I recorded about three weeks ago. And um, then we took a break for the incredible Leo new moon, Lilith, Venus experience that we had. <laughs> and, and now I'm back with a retrograde specific episode. So if you have not listened to that first retrograde episode, I strongly, strongly, strongly advise you to do so um, because what this episode is, or excuse me, what that episode was, is I laid out my experience and um, uh, version and opinions on and, um, you know, just the, the way that I have learned what retrograde season is and what it's here for. And to what this episode is going to be, it's I'm going to go through the some of the planets and describe their specificities of their own retrograde period. So to be helpful, um, myself, I have five, I think I did a lot of 
math last time in the last retrograde episode that shouldn't have been as hard as it was, but I was post COVID. So it was very hard. Um, they, they did a lot of math, uh, around how many planets retrograde planets I have in my natal chart. And it's a lot. And so it's really helpful if you have, if you or somebody you love have a planet that is retrograde in your natal chart, this episode, and then the next one is going to be very helpful to try to grok and embody how that affects you uh, as an embodied human. So first and foremost, some of the, the bullet points that we went over last time, retrograde periods are, oh, and by the way, I am recording this a mere few hours, two to three hours before Mercury goes retrograde in the sign of Virgo in here in August of 2023. Um, so we'll see how this goes, right? Because Ver Mercury has been stationary, not moving at all, really slowly to at all uh, since Sunday and today's Wednesday. So in front of retrograde periods, behind retrograde periods, those retrograde periods are bookended by these periods of stationary, like stillness that are hyper-concentrated um, experiences and energies of the retrograde itself. So anyway, um, the kind of some bullet points that we went over um, last time, retrogrades are not slowing down time. Retrogrades are, in fact, accelerated times of evolution, okay? But instead of the energy going... Um, forward, upward, and outward as they do when the planet is direct, when they are retrograde, the energy slows down. It does, or it does shift, excuse me. So there's that, that pivot that happens. There's a pivot and then goes back in the other direction. It goes backward, downward, and inward. Okay. Same, same shit getting done, but it's inside of us. And because it is a shift away from the status quo, i.e. upward, outward, and forward, away from the ex expectations, away from programmed consensus, there is an acceleration of evolution that happens in this, this pivot, in this movement, backward, downward, and inward, simply because it's an, it's an act of individuation, um, it's an act, retrograde time is an act of retreat and therefore we are focused, the energy, I'm not, I'm going to try to say, not say like we are focusing on because so much of this is unconscious. Okay. So much of this is just the way that nature do and the way that math do. Okay. We, we don't really have to be in on the joke in order for the joke to be told. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot more fun when we are in on the joke. So th this act of bringing the energy, you know, stopping in its, in its tracks and then bringing it inward, downward, and backward is an act of rebellion. And therefore, it is an act of individuation. And any act of individuation, i.e., um, individuating yourself, figuring out how you do, do, how you do you, how you do natural law, how you do mercury retrograde, whatever it is, um, 
it, it accelerates any act of that individuation. It accelerates your own soul's evolution because you are taking a hot second stepping out of consensus reality, i.e., oh, because this is the way things are done and this is the way everybody else is doing it. You're stepping into that that clearer, deeper relationship with your own soul. Uh, so individuation is not an evolutionary and revolutionary act because we're punk rock inside it, you know, because because we're, we're, we can be badass. It's not that. It's, it is an accelerated act of evolution because it brings us in uh, a clearer alignment with our own soul. Okay. That's the only reason that it is, it is an accelerated act of evolution. Um, so every planet gets, has their own vibe and their own cycle of this time of retreat, of rebellion, of rejection of the status quo, and therefore of this time of, of, of hyper, uh, concentrated individuation. Uh, so let's start with Mercury. And I think it's great because, yeah, today go, Mercury goes retrograde in one of its domiciles, Virgo. Um, so if you have a Mercury retrograde uh, in your natal chart, um, go check that out, number one. If you don't know already, go check that out. And I'm going to be presenting all of this information via the the view of the natal chart, but bear in mind that this energy, this retrograde energy is available, becomes available to the collective when that planet goes retrograde in the transits. So for instance, I personally do not have Mercury retrograde in my chart, but I get to dip my toe into this particular, in, you know, uh, flavor of evolution uh, every time Mercury goes retrograde. Does that make sense? So Mercury retrograde, if you were born with Mercury retrograde, um, evolutionarily, there it means that there has been, you know, in previous lifetimes, uh, an indiscriminately collected of information, right? There's Mercury, when it when it's time to move retrograde, it means because it is time to go through and clear out all of the junk that Mercury has collected because it has moved from, as it has evolved, this how stagnation kind of enters into the story of how Mercury works is it's, if you want to think about Gemini, um, and if it's helpful, go back and listen to the the Gemini episode of astrology and stuff, and and you can get a, a deeper dive into Mercury. Um, it's just this collector. It's this giant collector of of information uh, because it magnetizes. They magnetize information because they know that they have to build a reality upon this, you know, a conceptual reality upon this information. So it's just, it's almost like, um, Wally, but less cute in the, in the Pixar movie where he just goes out and no matter what the junk is, he's going to cram it into his little body, his adorable little body, uh, and make it into this nice and neat cube and then spit it out. 
and cram it in and spit it out and cram it in and spit it out. But we all know like Wally's different. It's not a perfect metaphor because Wally's different. He actually pays attention to the stuff that he is is bringing in to himself. <laughs> but he is curious and he's a collector. This is Mercury at its at its, you know, at its freshest. Uh Mercury as it starts to go you know, just stay in the groove, stay in the groove, stay in the groove, you start to glaze over a little bit and you start to get indiscriminate with the information that you collect. So um, I'm going to share with you a quote here. uh, Mercury retrograde evolutionarily have indiscriminately collected information in efforts to create logical structures, which will allow them to intellectually explain the nature of their existence, end quote. And that quote is, uh, of course, from the book that I was utilizing and quoting a lot, um, Evolutionary Astrology by uh, Jeffrey Wolf Green, edited by David Green. Um, And so... That just that just succinctly says that this um, the whole Mercury's whole job is to create uh, to relate intellectually via intellectually explaining um, the nature of existence, relating to themselves and the world around them through the intellect, um, and then because the collecting has been indiscriminate the soul, or has become indiscriminate, the soul is in need of some order and has become a place of intellectual confusion. So you, we've all had those, those periods of time, you know, sometimes we're conscious of them where we have so much information rattling around in our systems that it can become impossible to act on any piece of information. We don't know what, uh, what information to take direction from. And we have lost, more importantly, we have lost the direction of our soul. I, not that the soul has lost direction, but we have literally been, it's been impossible. We have so much information, so many voices rattling around that our soul's voice cannot be detected as clearly anymore. And so that's when the soul enacts the Mercury retrograde. And, you know, you're born with, you know, into a chart with, with Mercury retrograde or collectively we can say, um, you know, talking about it in this context, thank God Mercury retrograde happens like three, at least three times a year, right? Because especially now this whole, you know, we have access to all, not just some information, we have access to all of the information at all times. And it's incredibly helpful uh, to have these periods of Mercury retrograde time to check back in with the voice of the soul. So if you were born with, or if somebody you love was born with Mercury retrograde, um, there you're going to have an an evolutionary intention to rebel, reject, and throw out all unnecessary information, information that is not necessary to the soul. We could say this differently as the role of, of, of having a natal mercury that is retrograde um, is to find personal truth in this lifetime, as opposed to the social truth. Social truth 
social mores, all of that, they're just not going to be as magnetic, not as important to somebody who is who has a Mercury retrograde. Um, these folks can be antithetical um, for because when they are exposed to knowledge that doesn't align with their personal purpose, they will outright reject it. I and honestly, I kind of love these people. <laughs> all of my um, all of my Libra placements on top of like my Pisces Mercury that is not retrograde. Um, I'm very tapped into the collective. Um, I'm very, yeah, the, the sensitivity to like what the collective, you know, collective in within relationship, but also like spiritual collective with that Pisces Mercury, uh, in my ninth house. That's, it's very, there's a lot of voices in my head and there's meant to be right. So as somebody who is different, uh, I, I respect that person who is different and like has the drive to be antithetical and be like, I don't care what you have to say. It doesn't align with my soul's purpose. So I'm just not going to receive it. So let's bring this down to 3D a little bit. Um, let's talk about people who have Mercury retrograde in their chart when they're kids, or maybe you have a, a kid who is, or teach kids. Um, who have Mercury retrograde in their chart. These, these students are often deemed, you know, slow learners um, or even, yeah, slow learners for whatever reason. Maybe it's a, it's a, a, a cognitive quote unquote defect or difference, we can call it. Maybe it is a, uh, we could call it also, and it has been called like an attitude issue of just a, a motivational issue of, um, and oftentimes these things are, are, are the same thing. They just are expressing themselves differently in different kids and they get labeled different and diagnosed as different things. Um, but at fundamentally speaking, we're just dealing with kids who are like either unmotivated or literally unable to take in information that they just don't vibe with. And how rebellious is that, right? Like sitting in, sitting in school year after year uh, in these, you know, depending on, I, I adore education. Um, I, as a, as a general construct, how it is offered to my personal reality and, and has been to my personal reality when I was a student, I don't respect it because it does not respect me and it does not respect the, the individual. Um, so I'm going to speak from that place a little bit. Like how fucking rebellious is it to sit in a, sit in a box year after year trying where the the state is literally trying to program you to with with the information that it believes is the most important for you to know. And if that is not your soul's desire to know that you'd rather know other information, different information, what are you going to do for like those 6 to 8 hours when you're sitting or playing or what have you? 
um, in that in that box of a building, you're going to be viewed as either you know having a, a cognitive development issue or a behavioral issue or a social issue because you don't step in line and you don't receive that information. And depending on you know the rest of your chart and your makeup and your and your choices and your upbringing. This can be, I, I was a very, I was very quietly rebellious um, in this way, even though I don't have a, um, a Mercury retrograde, I was very quietly re- rebellious to the, but very aware of being taught certain, certain classes, certain information of like, this is bullshit. This is utter and complete bullshit. It may not be bullshit for this person over there, but it's bullshit for me and I reject it. And so like I would get an F in that class. <laughs> Because it literally just would not go in. It would not go in. So a great thing about knowing your astrology and knowing how it plays out, teachers with with uh, Mercury retrograde, fan-fucking-tastic teachers to students who have Mercury retrograde. They make excellent, excellent partners because consciously or unconsciously, probably mostly unconsciously, that Mercury retrograde student is going to unconsciously recognize that this teacher has a similar disposition and a similar affinity for personal truth over social truth. And that teacher can't help but express and teach that way. And so it's going to be getting to the the ears that that it needs to get to. Um, super helpful to know that about your kids if you've got kids who are school age. Um, Mercury retrograde also points us from the left brain to the right brain. So if if you have a natal Mercury retrograde, you're going to be chances are you're going to be largely largely right brained. Okay, um, and the definition of what and the description of what left brain and what right brain is it's it's evolving it's continuously evolving i don't trust my words today around the left brain versus right brain because i i honestly i'm i'm getting a gut feeling that my language is outmoded and my own understanding of it is outmoded to these specifics so i'd highly suggest you if you're curious about this um about like exactly what is left brain what does that look like? What does right brain look like? Um, go do some research. Go some. Go do some like up to date research because I know it's it's changed and it's shifted. I know in like the last five years, but speaking practically, um, this let's talk about like the individual versus the collective. Individually, if you have um, Mercury retrograde, you are going to be leaning more towards right brained. Now, collectively, every time Mercury moves into retrograde, we are all collectively shifted for a period of time from left set, left brain dominant to right brain dominant. And I and this does entail, you know, evolutionarily speaking, um, this is when we are beginning to beginning the process of relearning to rely on internal sources. Of, of information such as intuition um, and instead of like solely external sources of, of information, creating greater discernment around external info. Okay, let's go back to that word discernment because very specifically 
today, Mercury is in Virgo and it's going retrograde. And this Patreon episode that I just recorded, I I recorded a lot about Virgo because the sun just moved into Virgo a couple of hours ago. Um, And I talked a lot about discernment. And what did we, what what was I I describing Mercury as at the beginning of this Mercury retrograde, um, you know, little chapter a couple of minutes ago? Uh, Indiscriminate collection of information. Uh, And a Mercury was not using discernment in collecting the information that it desired, that it wanted. So that's when the soul introduces a Mercury retrograde into the mix. And so it moves from indiscriminate collection to not just being discriminate, you know, in its collection of information, but creating a system of discernment internally to, to, kind of comb over that information. It's very, very Virgoan characteristic uh, discernment. Uh, it's digestion. It's digestion. We, through digestion, our bodies comb over and just look over every little bit and piece of, of matter that we have internally. And it decides what gets to be kept and reused and absorbed in the body and metabolized in the body, and then what gets to be excreted. Um, That's discernment. That's physical discernment. Um, Mercury retrograde in alignment. Um, So if you're in, you know, Mercury retrograde, if you're vibing with the Mercury retrograde, if, if you are not resisting, um, and again, this is... unconscious as well as conscious. So wherever you are with your ego and your level of develop conscious development, et cetera, we all have those experiences of fighting against our planets and fighting against our, our, our archetypes and our, uh, internal systems. So if you're like moving in alignment with your Mercury retrograde, natally, or if we as a collective are moving in alignment with Mercury, when it, um, uh, stations retrograde, we only speak when there's a reason to. Those who are, you know, living out of alignment with Mercury retrograde, typically gossip, just nonstop kind of manic information. And that's, that's, we can, we can kind of use our imagination to discern why that is. Um, because that, if we are, are applying resistance to, uh, a, a force that is accelerated, i.e. evolutionary force that is ac- accelerated while it's retrograde, and we try to resist that, it's just going to go fucking haywire. It's going to, there's not going to be any order. It's just force against force. And so it's just kind of spraying everywhere. And it's not only indiscriminate um, communication, it's just like, I'm just trying to talk for the sake of talking. And it's the reverse of discriminate and, and discernment, discerning communication. And again, we all of us go through this when the collective is in Mercury retrograde. Um, so if you're listening to this in real time, or if you're listening to this during the Mercury retrograde in Virgo, uh, August, September of 2023, uh, um, you are absolutely being just like I am, just like all of us here in real time, we're being uh, 
guided into a greater level of, you know, the greatest in a very long time level of discernment and in our communication and in our information collecting. I know personally that since, since like probably since Sunday, since Mercury stationed, um, went stationary, I have found it very loud. The messages of like, do not go to Instagram. Do not just that kind of indiscriminate thumbing over. You can just feel it in your body that this is a, a Pavlovian uh, response. This is, I, I'm feeling maybe an inkling of boredom. So I'm just going to thumb over, ta- you know, toggle over to Instagram and I'm just going to do blank, slack jawed, blank eyes, slack jawed, doom scroll through. And the messaging that I'm getting is so loud over the past couple of days of like, don't even go there. Don't even go there. You click out of reality. You click into, you opt into a reality or a level of consciousness that you you have agreed you just don't like. It doesn't feel good. So stop doing it. <laughs> and, and it and this makes a lot of sense because Mercury, uh, excuse me, um, the sun and in Virgo is in my third house right now. So this is like my own relationship with my mental process, where I, how I receive information, how I process information, how I communicate information. And, um, and so, yeah, just, I wanted to throw in a little personal, um, anecdote on how to illustrate, uh, this process. All right. That is Mercury. Um, Venus. So if you have a natal Venus uh, retrograde, that this is the rarest planet. I think it's 542 days, like whereas Mercury goes retrograde at least three times a year, Venus goes retrograde every 542 days. Um, so you have the rarest uh, planet uh, retrograde that goes retrograde. And, and Venus, we want to really um, po- pose... And, and uh, model Venus as harmony, Venus as a harmonious, as the element of harmony in this whole system, whether it's the planetary system or it's the embodied planetary system. Um, there's only harmony when Venus can utterly and uniquely define their values on a personal and social level. So the 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 evolutionary goal of venus in in many ways is to experience harmony and uh we can say this also as be in right relationship with i say that a lot more than harmony um and so every 548 days uh or for those of you who have venus retrograde in your chart forever um venus is in a is receiving those those messages of my values have to be utterly and uniquely my own. And I've read a lot from people who have Venus retrograde and in in their natal charts and Venus retrograde living with a Venus retrograde and living 
it, it all depends on where your evolutionary, like where you are on the evolutionary path, right? Um, but it can be really, really hard to have a natal Venus retrograde and not be, we could say, awake, not be aware, not not practicing, um, developing a pra- an active practice of consciousness because um, one feels completely, one can feel completely and utterly at odds with literally everything else in the world, if that's the case, and not understand why. So if you have a Venus retrograde um, in your natal chart, you can have these, um, but are conscious, uh, you, you can have these like little sensations and, and con- confrontations of like, oh, having the person, you know, that you're in relationship with in front of you, whether it's a parent, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a kid, whether it is like your a group of people, like your coworkers, whatever quote unquote collective that you are ostensibly a part of, you have this experience of like, I, I, there is, I can only be in, I can only relate to you so much because I have this internal stopgap of relating to you too much because I have to have my, I have to make sure that my values are only my own. So you can see how there is a, a very, um, there's quite an, it's pretty easy to get isolated with a Venus retrograde. And of course, depending on what sign this is showing up in, depending on what house this is showing up in for you, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, of course, like the most dramatic um, share that I, I was studying and reading about, this person, of course, had Venus retrograde and Scorpio in their first house. And so it's just like, yeah, I, it's I'm an island. It's me and me. But I they were evolved enough to know, to understand why and to understand like which stories are helpful to, to apply that to and which stories are totally not helpful to, um, to attach to. And it was like part of their identity and they understood it. But if you are unevolved and you've got, you know, Venus retrograde in a pretty intense sign that, you know, demands, trust and demands oneness and demands, um, only the, the truest essence of, of the, the related partner like Scorpio can be pretty, it can be pretty intense. It can absolutely pretty intense. Um, resulting from this, this person can then relate to others from the point of view of being centered within itself. So there, there is the higher, there's the higher Venus right there is it's not that it's impossible to relate to this person or these people. It's you are relating to them from a place of just absolute centeredness within the self. Um, as somebody with a lot of Libra, as somebody with, um, you know, a, a Venus in, in the eighth house, I personally, and I don't have Venus retrograde, um, I personally 
find, so, and I have a south node in my seventh house. I personally, there is so much of my system, you know, of moving parts that is taken up with receiving from the other so that I can create something with that, something of my own reality with that. Uh, there is so much reflection. There is so much relating being done um, within my own system that this the, the description of the Venus retrograde as relating to the other uh, from point of view as being centered within the self, that is incredibly aspirational. That is beautifully aspirational. Like I, I can feel how, um, cause Venus retro Venus is retrograde right now in Leo. As I record this, every Venus retrograde, um, and I can say I've been like pretty every, every cycle we get more and more conscious, but, the last three, I've been pretty conscious the last three retrogrades. And the first one, Venus retrogrades. And the first one was um, that I remember just being really conscious of and aware of and and kind of all in with is um, the Venus retrograde in Scorpio. And then the beginning, uh, I think that was 2018. And then 2022, no, maybe that was 2019 then, um, 2022, December 2021 to January of 2022, um, Venus retrograde in Capricorn. And it started off that retrograde period uh, moving in with Pluto. So very, very delving, you know, bringing things up from the unconscious, et cetera. And so this, this, cap, this uh, Venus retrograde in Leo, it's my third one of being kind of all opted in. And every single year, I feel, or every single time that Venus goes retrograde, I have a very real experience of like a, it's almost like a bubble popping. It's a bubble popping of like, oh, I thought I was relating to the world and via my relationships, close and not so close, as XYZ, as my, as this part of myself I thought I had, um, like with the Capricorn one, it was, excuse me, because Capricorn rules my seventh house and my south node. And I, and it squares off my Saturn. Um, so I had this really powerful experience of like, I don't even know if I have desires because I have been living, I've been creating a life and putting my work towards, my labor towards the desires of others in order to feel safe in relationship. And we all, you all do some semblance of that, right? But it just, it felt, I remember I was on a walk and it was literally like one minute to the next inside of this Venus retrograde in Capricorn where I was like, I don't, what is it, what does it feel like to have desires? (laughs) And then to like act upon them. What is that? Tell me, tell me what this is like. I want to go to there. (laughs) And I had, um, I had a very, very similarly rapid, uh, one moment to the next experience, you know, inside of this, uh, this Venus retrograde in Leo of like, it wasn't like living 
you know, with my own desires, but it was in exactly like the Capricorn one, but it was very similar. It was because it's Leo. It's like this, holy shit. I did not know that I was being so goddamn inauthentic. And I, and I did not, and I, I am now realizing how exhausting that is. Oh my God. And like the, the lack, how much life force I was suppressing and like keeping from myself because I was totally unaware that I was participating in relationship with my close relationships, but also, you know, to the greater world um, from this place of unconsciousness, from this place of unconscious inauthenticity. And so the rebellion of the Venus retrograde comes in and it's like, and it feels very rebellious because it's like, oh, you mean I can just, I can just live from my own heart centered. I can just relate to you through my own being centered in myself and that's going to be okay. And that's, that serves, that's, that's a good relationship. If I'm just relating to you from a place of centeredness within myself, instead of trying to crawl into your goddamn skin and feel everything that you're feeling and making sure that it's okay that I do this thing or don't do this thing. Yeah. So thank you, Venus retrograde. And thank you to those of you who live with Venus retrograde in your chart. Because that's, man, you're bringing in some relational authenticity for the rest of us. Um, Natal Venus retrograde places a premium on the Taurian aspects of Venus as such, you know, that self-reliance. So if you have a a Venus retrograde um, in your chart, you're going to be incredibly self-reliant. You're going to be, and that's where we can kind of like, feel that isolationist of the the super dense unconscious Venus uh, retrograde be raised up a little bit and be lightened up a little bit and and have some consciousness. It's where like isolationist turns into self-reliance. I don't know if y'all watch that show, um, The Last of Us, but there is this incredible episode um, featuring a couple and they, they have a very interesting, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but they have a very interesting meet cute in this po- post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> and um, one of them is a, he's like a, he's a prepper. He's like the prep, prepperist of the preppers. He's self-reliant to, to isolationist levels, right? He cheers when he bears witness to the rest of the town be carted away. Uh, by the government for, quote unquote, their own safety, um, as everything's kind of tearing down and all that. And he's like holed up in his bunker and watching on the cameras. And they obviously couldn't find him. And he's like, yes, I'm alone. I never, I don't have to deal with you clowns anymore. And then um, somebody literally falls into his life. And over the course of their long-term relationship, his isolationism gets transmuted into 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 the higher level of self-reliance and he's he's able to yes of course rely on his partner for for you know many things but he never stops being self-reliant he's just able to be self-reliant in a way 
that that allows him to relate through that self-reliance. You know, he proved to himself that, you know, he, he can rely on parts of himself and that allows him to trust himself and then that allows him to trust others. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Um, they're also learning that the ultimate relationship is with non-human beings, meaning the inner divinity. So remember how that retrograde energy, instead of going outward, upward, and, and forward, it goes inward, backward, and downward. Um, the ultimate relationship for Venus retrograde uh, is probably especially Venus retrograde, natal Venus retrograde in Pisces, is nothing's going to trump the inner divinity, the relationship that the self has with inner divinity. It all stop. It begins and it ends there. Um, the common cultural types uh, with with Venus retrograde are the monastics, the artists, the musicians, the ones that are like, no, I I have to go away and like make this. I have to. I absolutely have to, or like the monastics, I have to cloister myself away and because this allows me to be at one with inner divinity or whatever, however that expresses within their own experience. Um, some, I, I did a diet that when I, when I studied that, that made me want to go check out, um, musicians and artists, uh, that, that we would know about with Venus retrograde, Jack Nicholson, Mariah Carey, Adolf Hitler, um, Amy Winehouse, Robert De Niro, Charlize Theron, uh, Jodie Foster, Christian Bale. You can see that coming. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Langston Hughes, Rihanna. Um, I think Rihanna might have, I know she's a Pisces sun. I think she's a Venus Pisces as well. So I, I'm pretty sure she's got Venus retrograde in Pisces. Um, and the relationship with the art, uh, the, the relationship, the primary relationship with Venus retrograde, uh, folks, is with the art. And the art becomes a reflection of the soul's relationship with itself. Okay? So there's this very, very high because uh, remember, Venus's values, Venus is what, what the soul values enough to be in relationship with. And therefore, everything that is valuable becomes an art of sorts uh, for everybody. But so for Venus retrograde, when the energy is aligning, you know, pointing itself, desiring a deeper relationship with the soul, whatever comes from that is is going to be the soul's expression of that art and it's and that relationship with the art becomes the relationship with the soul and then the soul's relationship with itself it's really trippy and really cool um and there but there can also be like social alienation and kind of an unrelatability and and because there's an unrelatedness of the shared values with the the overall social structure. And no matter how quote unquote famous they are, they can always identify as a wallflower, as an other, as being othered. No matter how many thousands of throngs of people 
adore them. They'll always kind of have, and, and it can be expressed as something like as, as horribly great as a, a chip on your shoulder, like Adolf Hitler. Um, or it can be expressed as kind of that winky middle fingery otherness that, that our girl Riri has, you know? Um, she's like, Oh, I, I haven't made a, an album in seven years. Oh, that sucks for you. Hmm. Too bad. <laughs> Crickets, right? <laughs> Cause she ain't doing it for us. She's doing it for herself. And her Venus was bit. Okay. Here's a tangent. Her Venus was, is busy making babies, right? She's busy making other art. Um, not that you can't do both, but like, uh, Beyonce, she doesn't have a, a v- she's not born under a Venus retrograde. Um, so there's still that, like that, that, um, relationship that her art has with the outer world, with the social structure, with the transpersonal interpersonal that Rihanna's does not have. Hers is entire, her relationship to her art. And look at Amy Winehouse. Gosh. I mean, nobody did Amy Winehouse anything like Amy Winehouse before Amy Winehouse did. And she did it in exactly the way that she needed to do it. Um, and it was just for her. It was, it, I mean, that's the sense that I, that I got. It was like, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm going to implode. I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to waste away if I don't do this. So like, no matter how much I'm dealing with, no matter how many demons are, are biting at my heels, no matter how sick I get, I still have to express in this way. And like Rihanna, it's yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm rambling. Um, so the magnetism of Venus retrograde folks as a result is just absolutely incredible. Uh, but folks can feel also, though the, the folks that have that retrograde feel entirely, can feel entirely alone, okay? No matter how much they magnetize the outer, they will always enjoy on the soul level, maybe on the conscious level, maybe not, maybe just on the unconscious level, they'll always enjoy more being, having that inner relationship, Um. So they commonly have a variety of partners due to the fact that um, that variety, because remember back in the first episode, uh, folks with a lot of retrogrades, planetary retrogrades in the natal chart, there's this need to karmically repeat or relive situations or relationships or processes in order to, in order, in order to satisfy that, that repetition karmically and kind of like, go through. So people with like Venus retrograde, um, natally, they can, they can go through a lot of partners, quote unquote, go through a lot of partners as a push because there, there's that drive to have as many experiences as possible to satisfy that karma. Um, and you know, hopefully, you know, trans or if they choose to transmute it into Dharma, um, you know, relive relationships with souls that, that they have been linked, um, that they've been linked to. And then we get into the progressed, uh, Venus retrograde. And if you're hearing progressed planets for the first time, 
on this podcast, um, no, you're not crazy. Uh, I, I have not talked about the progressions of, um, sorry, I need to get a, a little bit of water. I've not talked about the progression of planets yet, um, simply because it's just, it's not time yet. But if you know, you know, progressed uh, planets. And if you don't know, don't worry about it or Google it. Okay. Um, I will talk about, I'll have a whole section on progressions uh, later on. Um, so when the progressed Venus hits retrograde. So, um, so if you progress your planet, your natal chart forward enough, and you find that there is a, it, that Venus that you were born under direct, it is, you've lived long enough that it actually starts moving retrograde. This correlates to when the soul progressively withdraws from the way they have been living their life in the way that they've been living their life and then creates a totally new meaning for themselves through this, this act. Um, basically, it's this, this fundamental existential level of rewriting value systems, um, di re discovering a new meaning to life. And this will typically happen uh, for the people who, who have the, the, the Venus progression um, into retrograde. This will, will typically happen towards the end of the life. Um, whether they live for 80 years or whether they live for 30 years, because oftentimes the soul has, has done what it wants to do, experienced what it wants to, ex what it wanted to experience through that initial Venus placement. And then when it starts going retrograde, it goes back in and it, um, it has this shift almost like, Okay, now now it's time to start over again. Now now I want I want a, a, a new thing to play with. Very very interesting. Um, so that is Venus retrograde in the natal chart, and then we're going to talk about Mars, and then we're going to take a break, and I will cover the outer planets uh, in their retrograde positions next time. So natal Mars retrograde, I I am that I do have this is me. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, Mars is all instincts. Mars is all instincts. Kind of like um, I talked about a lot in this Patreon episode that I recorded this morning. Um, these instincts are emanations that are directly from the soul's desires. So on the, on the, almost said table of contents, on the level of energetic frequency that is the soul, those are, what is produced is, is desires. Those, those desires translated to the frequency of flesh and bone, i.e. embodiment, human life, those get expressed as that same frequency that was desires as a soul gets expressed as instinct, as a body. Impulse emanates from instinct. Um, and so Mars's actions are here 
you know, speaking through evolutionary astrology, Mars's actions are here to gain knowledge from the observed reactions to the experience. So more simply said, Mars is here to, to bump us around and have us like bump off of things and rub up against things and have experiences with the rest of life in order to learn from both internal and external reactions. So if you, if you think about a toddler and the toddler is, it, it's old enough to where it knows that there is a certain reaction that happens when, oh, I'm going to reach for the stove or the cat's tail, or there's an, I know there's a knife on this counter. And you know, if you've ha- ever been around a toddler or raised a toddler or helped raise a toddler, you know that look on their face where they're like looking at you as they are reaching for the thing. And they're literally looking at you so that they can take in the information and have that experience of like, what's their reaction going to be? What is their reaction going to be? What is their reaction going to be? And remember, Mars is the infant slash toddler of the planetary body. And so it's Mars's job to have instincts to drive in a certain direction or walk in a certain direction or reach in a certain direction, push the energy in a certain direction in order to like have a reaction off of something or somebody. And then it bounces in a in a different direction. And so Mars isn't Mars's consciousness in a very visceral way. And Mars expresses its consciousness and unconsciousness in a very um kind of um blunt weapon kind of a, a very blunt way. Um and so Mars retrograde uh, oh wait, let me let me hit a, a third thing. Mars, as this as this um, kind of instinctual self, Mars is also the sexual impulse, and so when we turn our instincts and impulses in a retrograde direction, in in uh, instead of outward, forward, and up and and upward, um, yeah, outward upward and forward. And instead we bring those instincts and those impulses inward, downward, and backward. What happens? What happens when you see that toddler who's looking at you reach for the, um, or reach for the, the, the TV remote? Cause it, it wants maybe not necessarily something that is going to hurt them Im- immediately, but it's not something that you said that they could, you know, it's not time for TV yet. So um, what happens when the grown-up goes over to that toddler and puts their hand on the toddler's arm and redirects them? Oh my God, all hell breaks loose. Absolutely, all hell breaks loose. Like, what do you mean? I can't point my energy in this direction. Frustration happens because suddenly there's there is a suddenly in the toddler metaphor suddenly there is something that knows more and can see farther and and have greater information there's a force that 
that knows more and has the whole story that is preventing them from reaching in that particular direction. And so in the the metaphor case, it's the it's the grown-up. In the Mars astrological case, it's consciousness. Consciousness. Suddenly there is a consciousness involved in instinct. Suddenly there's consciousness involving itself in impulse. And and it's just like this disturbance in the force. Like suddenly you've got like a big brother or a voice or a presence in in a um, in a place that it doesn't belong in some like it feels like it doesn't belong there. Like, why am I overthinking? Why am I conscious about my impulses? I should not be conscious about my impulses. Um, there's this monitoring, this consciousness that is monitoring instinct and impulse, and it's interrupting the natural flow. Um, and this can get in the way. So I'll be very honest. I studied and studied and studied this Mars retrograde um, in anticipation for this episode. I studied the Mars retrograde part three times as much and as long as I studied the Venus and, and the Mercury. The Venus and the Mercury got it. It makes total sense. This Mars retrograde one it's like, okay, there, I, I read that paragraph three times and I don't, I still don't know what they're talking about. And isn't that apropos for somebody who has Mars retrograde, (laughs) but I, I grokked it. And now I am understanding it from a, a personal, um, a personal experience, but I didn't know until I did this level of study into Mars retrograde in particular, I didn't put two and two together as far as like taking the study and, and allowing it to clarify my own experience and, and, and bring some explanation and some understanding to my own experience. I just thought my own experience was my own experience. And that's, that's what we all go through, right? They're like, oh, there's a word for that? Oh. Um, but it's this... I didn't know as somebody who has Mars retrograde uh, in Libra and having a party in Libra with the other malefics, uh, Saturn and, and Pluto, this Mars retrograde experience is, yes, I can totally agree with like what I, what I just, the notes that I just read as far as it feels like there's a monitoring experience. And I just, I thought, honestly, guys, I thought it was mostly my Libra, my Mars and Libra. Like I'm constantly empathizing with the other. It just felt like my impulses and my instincts and my life force, I had to go through a lot of of extra work to clarify what my impulses actually are, what my instincts actually are. I thought it was due to the Libra uh, or only the Libra uh, because I, you know, that Libra, it's like you're always weighing, there's always another option. There's always another option. You're always weighing one against the other. And it's, it, yes, and that's true. But in addition to that, this this energy is retrograde, like this penetrative life force it's almost like the heart is trying to beat backwards. Like 
it, or it's beating backwards, but it, but because it's beating backwards, not that it can ever do that, but you know what I'm, I'm trying to get at, hopefully it has to go, it, it's against that electrical current that happens within the heart itself, not just from the brain to the heart, but within the heart itself, it's like, oh, atria contract up here. And that means the, the, um, the ventricles dilate, they open up. Oh, ventricles are, are contracting now. That means the atria dilate, they open up and it just goes back and forth. Well, somehow it's almost like Mars retrograde folks. Um, it, it, it flips it and the, and, but the electrical current within the heart muscle itself has to go through, has to jump through hoops and do cartwheels and such in order to get that retrograde movement down pat. And it just feels not that natural law can ever move in a way that is not absolutely graceful, but to the human experience, it feels like it's gumming up the works. Um, and Mars retrograde only wants to initiate experiences that are absolutely essential. So just like, you know, the Mercury retrograde, the purpose of Mercury retrograde is to, you know, clear and clarify all unnecessary information. Venus retrograde is to align with only values that are intrinsic and essential to only the self. Mars retrograde only wants to initiate experiences that are absolutely essential. So like all non-essential life activity gets fucking booted to the curb. All non-essential, all non-essential workers have to stay home, you know? And let me put that into the lived experience. This past Mars retrograde in Gemini, it was in my 12th house, and I am still, I am still reeling from that and still like day to day receiving information from that Mars retrograde. That Mars retrograde in particular, I had to stop everything. And I know I've, I've talked about this before here, but I, I literally had to stop everything. I had to stop thinking the, I had to adopt a completely new way of thinking. And I know we take that term in this, you know, self-helpy change your mindset kind of, um, age. We are over, um, saturated with that term. And so am I, but I literally had to take every thought captive. I literally had to stop thinking because it was draining my, the way that I was thinking before I was relying on reactivity and stress as a survival skill. And it was, it was in my thinking. Um, I literally had to choose a different adventure or else my, I was going to continue to get sicker and sicker and sicker. That was very clear to me. Guys, it's been eight months, nine months. I'm ready to have this baby. <laughs> um, if that's the case, um, it's been nine months of, okay, here's another opportunity. Here's another confrontation of like, oh yeah, this is me living in that, uh, in that struggle, in that like assuming that stress 
is the is the day to day and practicing well practicing whatever else because through it it's not like we get one uh, way of directing our energy taken away from, removed from us and then a fully formed new way of directing our energy and our life force handed to us at the exact same minute. That's not how it works. We have to practice. We have to work it out. We have to embody it. And so for the last nine months, it's just been this embodiment of getting confronted with the old way of, of me trying to react in the old way and then understanding like either when I get sick or when I get, or when I feel struggle or when I just feel sad, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm using life force in a way, using my Mars energy, my Mars impulse, my Mars instinct in ways that are not aligned anymore. And so what do I do? And you, you like go back to the list of the things that have shown up for you in the past nine months. It was like, oh, Okay. Practice self-trust, practice uh, surrender, practice acceptance, um, do the easy thing, um, do the thing that brings you pleasure, uh, da, 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 da. just the laundry list of, exp- and what am I describing? I'm, ex- I'm describing experience. And what did I, I say that, that Mars was here to do? Um, Mars's actions are here to gain knowledge from the observed reactions to the experience. So literally being living with a Mars retrograde, it's all about experience. And if we want to uh, align this or translate this to human design, I don't know if this exactly lines up with that, but it sure sounds like three line, you know, third lines to me. If you're familiar with human design, look at your profile there's two numbers. If one of them is a three, or if you're like me and you have a six, three, um, you're kind of a, you're a, you're a double third line. It, it's all about experience. It's all about being the, uh, the ping pong ball or the pinball, the, the ball in the pinball machine. But instead of it being like you getting knocked around, you get to travel the whole pinball machine. You get to interact with literally fucking everything. Okay. Um, like you have the option to do that, but bringing it back down into the material at hand, there's only one, one right way, quote unquote, one right way of doing it. And that is the most, that, that right way is the most essential way. And that's the Mars retrograde. We el- Circling back to this, we eliminate all non-essential movement. So kind of thinking back to that pinball machine metaphor, when you flip the switch, the hammer, and it, and it hits the ball, does the ball pause at every, at every light? No, it only moves in the, in the straight direction because that's, that's the physics of it. So it's like being born with Mars retrograde, living with Mars retrograde, or being in, the, in a collective Mars retrograde period, we are meant to cut off all non-essential um, pulls on our life force. Things get very clear. Things get, and, and in that way, the instincts sharpen. The impulses sharpen. The sexual impulse sharpens. Um, so if we can, if we want to align this with uh, like the sexual experience 
predominantly, perhaps people born with Mars retrograde in previous lives, that sexual impulse got a little, you know, got a little slack. It got a little less than essential. It got a little over, not overused in like a slut shaming way, but, but overused in, from like the soul's perspective. And so just like with, um, you know, the Mercury and the Venus bringing in the retrograde in order to kind of prevent stagnation and, and clarify the value system, the Mars, the soul brings in the Mars retrograde to clarify that visceral impulse, to clarify that sexual impulse. And, um, the, I have this Mars retrograde in addition to having, uh, in addition to having Venus in the eighth house, which is a very sexual placement, um, but sexual from the place, uh, from the element of, of al- alchemy. And my Mars and my Venus, they're trining each other. And then a third thing is I have Chiron um, in Taurus in my 11th um, squaring off that Venus. And so it's, it, I can definitely attest to, um, you know, now being in my 40s, and and saying saying a lot, I'm finding myself saying a lot over the course of my life, like, fuck, God, this lesson again. Like, what is the lesson of sex and sexual relationships and sexual abuse and uh, healing from that and the the trans and and the the tired human part of me is like, God, this again, just give me another lesson, you know. This is getting boring. I, I want something. I want a different curriculum. But the spirit and the higher self part of me with this combination, uh, the, the higher in spirit, the higher spirit form of me is that's why I have a Mars retrograde. That's why I have a, a, um, a sexually focused uh, Venus. That is why that sexually bonus focused Venus, it has a very powerful, uh, transformative relationship with my healing story, Chiron and the, the, the healing mechanism of Chiron, um, is it's all serving. If I, if I talk about it, you know, now that I'm talking about it now in the context of Mars retrograde, it all serves this Mars retrograde of like, we're, we're here to clean this shit up. We're here to we're here to clear all the old stories that do not apply to your sexuality, and we're here to uh, elevate and upgrade this particular um, uh, subject and act of um, act of impulse because when we consciously engage in the sexual impulse, we're constant, we're more and more consciously engaging in the act of being a human with impulses, with the entire vitality impulse. Like we're, when we engage with sexual energy, we're engaging with Kundalini energy. Um, so yeah, that is, that is, uh, that is more on Mars retrograde. Um, I do have, a lot more notes. So I'm just, I'm going to read these. Um, especially when there is aspect to Saturn, it can 
be that these folks with Mars retrograde uh, experience more responsibility than others, uh, a more individual sense of right and wrong rather than cultural because of, because that impulse is kind of not imploded, but it's, it's retrograde. It's all brought back on themselves. And, uh, as somebody who has a Mars at 12 Libra and a Saturn at 20 Libra, I can personally attest to this. Um, self as a preternatural sense of what, uh, sense of what's going on. The, we Mars, Mars retrograde people have very heightened, um, uh, like somatic intuition. Uh, again, with human design, we can describe it as the splenic center. Um, and my splenic center is lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Every gate is, is on, um, a premium on the right to be an individual, on the need for freedom. We, we hold quite the premium on these things. Um, Mars is, is naturally and appropriately egocentric, um, with a higher will. So we are here to, uh, this experience of, of Mars retrograde allows us to align that ego, that necessary egocentrism with our higher will which I just did verbally a couple of minutes ago with the whole Mars retrograde, Venus, eighth house, uh, squaring Chiron story, right? Uh, Mars rules the navel chakra with Pluto, where we take in the will of others through our environment, okay, energetically. Mars retrograde, instead of projecting outward from the navel as, you know, uh, direct natal Marses do, can then take this energy back in this whole kind of uh, the, the, the will, right? The will struggle um, can take it back in internally. And this can weaken this area leading to digestion and metabolic issues. Um, again, I can personally attest to that. I've had a um, couple of <clears throat> um, autoimmune diseases and uh, one of them being uh, celiac disease. And this is, this is that area. And, um, all through high school, I was on like Rolaids and Tums and, um, dyspepsia medicine because the stress that I was experiencing at that time, um, because my will was, was being exerted upon, upon from a place of authority and I was being victimized, it manifested completely in my, my gastric area. Um, and then Mars retrograde inverts the consciousness of the soul so that it can determine the cause of any given desires the soul's ha- the soul has. So it kind of goes back to that essential impulses and instincts only um, rhetoric that that I was talking about a, a bit ago. That is this just kind of underlines that whole you know essential instinct, essential impulse only is to um, determine the cause of any given desire that transmits from the soul to to the body, okay? Just like this, your typical retrograde action of like, okay, let's review, let's review, let's, let's dive deeper into what the soul is really desiring here. And then as a result, the soul then desires to eliminate all unnecessary and outmoded desires itself. The soul then goes through, an evolution itself. Um, this can invert 
Um, what kind of a side effect of this is this can invert the, the natural sexual desire energy of the soul. Um, and to determine why of, uh, why any sexual desire that is perceived as a need. So we kind of Mars retrograde folks consciously or unconsciously, we're like the nerds in the, in the, in the room going over any, and it reminds me of big Virgo energy, going over like any sexual desire that the soul may transmute down to, um, through the story of the life into the human experience of like, yes, but why, you know, let's, let's go over the numbers. Do these numbers add up? Um, and it's like the, this Mars retrograde gets to be really fucking picky and really not petty, but picky with the soul of like, have you thought that through, you know, is this really something that you want to do again? And so then the, like, there's this experience of literally retrograde movement of energy from the Mars back up into the soul and that where the soul is like, oh yeah, maybe I do need to reconsider this. Um, which no other planet can do except for Mars because no other planet has a relationship and a mechanistic relationship with Pluto that, that Mars has. Um, and so as a result, like the soul kind of cleans up, not that the soul is dirty or, or has any density to it, but the soul can kind of just get a little bit clearer, can clean up its act on, on, you know, next time around the, this, the brand, the style, the, the type, the, the whole story around how it wants to express itself through sexual desires in the next human life. I hope that makes sense. These are big, big themes. Um, okay. The soul will desire to eliminate or change anything in its life that no, so the person, I can't say the person here, this person will desire to eliminate or change anything in its life that no longer has anything to do with what the soul actually needs in order to continue on its evolutionary journey. And in doing so, the soul will reflect on what it actually does need, what it does desire to move forward. So that was just reiterating my last point. Um, this is a time of creating new and intensified desires as a result of all of this discernment. Again, the big D word for retrograde is discernment, right? And what is it? It doesn't create less. It creates more. It creates a greater intensity in the desires that remain, okay? This is a time of soul renewal, as a result of everything that I talked about in the next last couple of minutes, this is a, the result is soul renewal, Mars retrograde. Um, and then obviously Mars retrograde always points back to Pluto or the soul itself. Um, so yes, that was Mars retrograde. And I hope that these three personal planets, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, um, that you can kind of take this, there's a lot of information here, um, that you can take this episode and you can pause it and you can take notes if you like to do that, or you can refer to your own natal chart. Um, or if you can, uh, you know, if you don't have anything in retrograde, um, you're in Mercury retrograde now, uh, if you're listening to this and you, 
you have the opportunity to take the information from that Mercury retrograde section and kind of do your own little case study. And I hope that you will. So thank you again, friends, uh, for joining me. Thank you for listening. Please contact me with any questions, any feedback, any, anything you feel you like need to, um, desire to issue a, a correction or a desire for clarity on, reach out to me, DM me, um, on Instagram at Sam Preeti life. Uh, or you can, if you're a, a patron, uh, you can go to the Patreon page and message me there. And as always, thank you for being here. So that's it for this second retrograde episode of Astrology and Stuff. You can come back each Wednesday uh, for new episodes. Next week, we will be hitting the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto in their retrograde cycles. Um, and you also have a way to get weekly bonus episodes like I talked about at the top of, the, of this episode on my Patreon page. Just search Astrology and Stuff Podcast. Bonus episodes are weekly peeks into the planetary transits where we can get into the astrology of that week and how that may be affecting you in your neck of the woods. Each episode of Astrology and Stuff is written, recorded, edited, and mixed by me, Sampriti Ireland. The music you hear is an original work by Angel Wing. And again, thank you for being here. <laughs>